0: um okay uh welcome regular drews hello everyone welcome to episode is this this is episode 49 it is indeed yes i wrote that at the top of our document sheet but i didn't believe it (laughs) when i just read it i was like wait really it is yeah 49 all right yeah we're gonna be talking about famous mistakes nancy drew diaries number 17
1: Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew?
0: We sure hope so, and we hope you are too. Join us as we talk
1: Nancy Drew cover to cover and click to click. Welcome to
0: regular Nancy Drew.
1: Corey, what do you think about this one? It was fine. Yeah. It, I mean... You can't expect every book to have an, a huge, exciting plot twist or something right. unique about it. But there's just not a lot that stood out to me. It was just kind of yeah. meh, That yeah. was the book, you know? There was just nothing great about it, mm-hmm. I guess. You no, know, I
0: totally agree. And it's super weird. Because I think that, like, reading this book, I definitely enjoyed it more than, like, A Nancy Drew Christmas. Because okay, it was like, you know... <laughs> I was following it was much more cogent it was much more like okay a to b to c Mm. instead of like a to q q to t (laughs) t plus a chainsaw d f you know Mm. all that stuff so I I enjoyed it but at the same time it was like when I go back and like you know cast back into the memory it's like I barely remember this book (laughs) and I finished it like last week whereas there are things from like a Nancy Drew Christmas that I'm like I will never forget. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, how do I, how, it's just so weird how that happens in my brain, how I can like a book more that is less memorable.
1: Okay. Yeah. That is weird. That is weird. It makes sense though. I mean. (laughs) I guess. I guess. Um, But yeah, I thought it was fine.
0: I there was nothing, you know, super offensive about it, but there was also nothing super great about it, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, oh, well. Oh, well.
1: I read this one, I think, one and a half times because I started it and then took a break from it for so long that I was like, I might as well just go back and restart it so I have a good idea of what's going on right before we record. Mm -hmm. So I finished it, what, like Monday? And I still, I'm like, what happened? I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: That's all
1: right. Yeah. I don't
0: know. Also, we didn't get, I mean, we did kind of get a, a heist book like I asked for the last time. A little bit. But also like not. So I just, I just don't understand because we just have so many tropes of like really great mystery stories that just exist and it's, that exist and it's not, it doesn't seem like it would be hard. And I, who am I to say? I have never, well, I've never successfully written anything. So... (laughs) Like, I don't know. But, like, can't you just copy? Like, I mean, not copy, but, like, essentially get the building blocks of, like, a really good heist mystery or, like, a robbery or something and do that instead of this? Like, why does it always got to be JD effing sabotage? (laughs) Like, I just. That would have been great. (laughs) I'm just so sick of it. I'm just so sick of it. Like, Like, can we have Nancy Drew actually investigate the crime that the crime is about? You know what I mean, right? Like, why does it always have to be some kind of like fringe thing, which is not like actually what's going on? And, like, I understand how like in mystery stories, it's a common thing for like us to like, oh, actually, this, and that's fine. That's fine. But every book, <laughs>
1: every, every book. book, yeah, it's getting old.
0: It's, it's. I'm tired. I'm I tired, know. Corey. I'm tired. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, oh well three words
1: not art heist not art heist. should be that's what the book should have been about um, uh, um no, podcast i, I want to
0: say like bros like yeah definitely bro. it's a bro book it's very um, bro between Pratt like bro-y this... yes yeah it's this <laughs> comedian and then like that that guy what's his name joe or something and um See, I don't and even Carson remember. <laughs> and even Ned and all of it's very like just broy, mm. yeah and it, honestly not in an offensive way it's fine it's just uh, just gives me a little bit of the ick but you know yeah <laughs> so broy, not art heist um activism activism yes there we go definitely that would work. definitely that's perfect um yeah <laughs> it doesn't exactly you know stack up to sound like a great read does it no <laughs> can you imagine though a broey activist art heist imagine it was the opposite like of the not art heist that it wasn't art heist that would be amazing
1: wouldn't it I would read any heist book, so I, I even with the, the bro yeah. <laughs> and the, oh. if we want to talk about the cover, like, yeah. This,
0: oh, I know, oh, I know.
1: This never happens. We never get this scene. You look at this cover and expect art heist or, you know, art museum mystery of something. Mm-hmm. It's just a scene of Nancy following what looks like, you know, some tracks of footprints through sure. a really dark hallway in an art museum and she's got her flashlight out she's clearly sneaking around after dark after Mm -hmm. hours but i mean we might have sort of gotten a second of that where she just has to walk through there to get to where she's going but it's not this
0: to be fair like yeah this is definitely this is a scene from the book but it's literally like 0.25 seconds of the book like you were saying and like i just it's just it's so deceptive It's so deceptive. What really it should have been is like Nancy sitting in a trashed hotel room. That's what it should have been. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, anything else, anything else. But so the cover is of Nancy and there are the old masters on the wall and a bunch of different, you know, paintings and she's holding her flashlight in a very iconic way. I do like, I do like the flashlight hold. Yeah. It Um, is nice. Shining out across and on the floor there's like a bunch of footprints um that she is presumably following but yeah
1: you would never yeah. guess the real plot just from looking at you wouldn't cover.
0: you wouldn't You'd be like oh nancy gets to sneak around a museum it's like
1: yeah for a page mm, she of. does that for yeah. a page
0: a page bit so <sighs> it's just like they know they clearly know what we want right because they put this yeah. on the cover <laughs> so they know what we want to see but they won't put it in like they won't feature it in the book you know what i right. mean that's what's so annoying about it. It's like, it's a trick. It's a trick.
1: Oh, well. Wow. If you guys have read any of the Diary series and know of one that's not, you know, just outright a sabotage case, let us know. Please. Let us know. Please let us know. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, do we want to go ahead and jump in then to our sure. Rowing not art heist activism book?
1: Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> okay
0: um so we started with this book with ned and nancy they are prepping for an interview for ned's podcast called ned talks um Ugh. ned
1: <laughs> sorry
0: <laughs> no i know it's clearly a bastardization of ted talks but okay again with oh, the right. names,
1: the I, names know. In I know i yeah. know bad
0: names bad names um they are about to go into the Towering Heights Resort, where Ned will be interviewing comedian Brady Owens. Um, but Ned is super nervous about it, because typically his podcast, he only has been able to interview local talent. Um, and this is kind of like the first big name he's he has the opportunity to interview. Um, so they're circling the block while they wait to go in, because Ned just has to, I guess, just walk it off, walk off his anxiety. Um Brady is in town to perform at the recently opened art complex and Carson Nancy's dad just happens to be this comedian's fraternity brother. So Ned asked Carson for an introduction to Brady while he was in town and here we are. Ned's going to interview him. He also mentions that he plans on asking Brady about a recent video that has gone viral of his Brady's response to a heckler in his audience. Um, cuz apparently brady made a joke in a recent show about like mugging someone um and a woman in the audience like responded that like joking about violence isn't funny um to which brady then says to the audience that he thought it would be funny if someone mugged this audience member like in the parking lot after the show um Yikes. So Awful. obviously yeah, horrifying, horrible. There was a lot of backlash against him after this video came out um, with people saying, you know, that his comment is inciting violence against an audience member, which it is. Um, but he has since doubled down um, saying that, you know, what he said was clearly a joke and that, you know, comedians are supposed to offend people. And this is all part of my job kind of thing. And you people have your panties in a twist, kind of a sentiment. Um, and so Ned is gonna ask him about that. And this will be the, uh, Brady's first interview since that video came out. So Ned kind of has like first opportunity to kind of, you know, hear what he has to say about it, but Ned's nervous about it. Right. Um, but now it is time. So they head inside and go up to Brady's room. Um, once at the door, once they're at the door, um, Ned reaches his hand out to knock, but the door is open. So they kind of call out, you know, to try to like introduce themselves and, you know, go in. But there's no answer. So they like push open the door and then they see that his entire room is trashed. There's clothes strewn everywhere, sheets are pulled off the bed, paintings have been pulled off the wall, and Brady is nowhere to be seen. Dun dun dun! <laughs> oh man. Not a bad start. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, well, we know nothing bad's happened to him because, like, we've read the back of the book. So, like. Right.
1: right.
0: <laughs> it's a little anticlimactic, but I guess whatever. Of course. Um, So Ned tries to call him, um, like, on his phone because he has his phone number, but um, he doesn't pick up. So, Nancy, go ahead. And goes ahead and takes a look around, of course, because it's Nancy Drew. What else is she going to do but start snooping? Um, she's careful, though, not to disturb anything. Um, she does see that his laptop is still there. So it doesn't look like theft was the motive. So people didn't come here to steal stuff. Um, but she also doesn't see anything that would indicate that it was someone trying to sabotage Brady, because otherwise she thinks that there would be, like, something to show, like, why the victim had been targeted, like some kind of message, like, back off or, you know, whatever. Um, so she's worried that this could be a kidnapping. That that's why the room is in shambles. Somebody has come in here and taken Brady. Um, so they go downstairs to alert security. Um, Nancy finds a man at the front desk named Pete, who apparently she has previously helped before. About uh, she's helped him find his dog and like stop a dog napping ring. It's very I wonder cute. if that's
1: a reference to a previous. I think diary it that we must didn't...
0: be. Do you see the um the stolen show? Uh, that's on the, that's actually on the back of this book. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's the next one. Never yeah, mind. so I, I don't think it All would the be. the little Scotty dogs. Never mind. Yeah. But yeah, surely. Surely
1: there's another do- dog related. Is, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so she tells Pete about the trashed room and asks if they have security cameras. And he says, yeah, we do, but we only have them in the lobby. Um, we had them in the hallways, but we got rid of them because, you know, it, guests felt like it was invading their privacy. But Pete does tell us that he saw Brady head into the hotel restaurant not long ago. So Nancy and Ned go to the hotel restaurant. Um, And they pretty immediately see him at a corner table with this other guy that Nancy recognizes as Joe Archer, who is the director of the new um, River Heights Arts Complex. Um, Apparently, Joe Archer is this huge deal. He previously worked at San Francisco at some, like, arts space thing and he has now come home to his hometown of river heights um to work at the newly opened arts complex here also is this supposed to be a um reference to jim archer from old clock i couldn't tell i mean i just thought it was so odd like, maybe they're trying to allude to, like, this historic Archer family, you know, but it just felt like, why maybe. wouldn't you just
1: call him Jim Archer? Maybe like he is, Joe like, a descendant Archer. of the yeah. Archer family. Yeah. hmm
0: Anyway, I just thought it was an interesting name choice.
1: If we were going to do that, I would have needed a Helen Corning reference as well, but.
0: Right. Like, his okay. wife, Helen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, But yeah, so they go over to them and Ned introduces himself and Brady apologizes. He says he lost track of time. He didn't hear the phone, so he didn't know that it was like time to record this podcast or whatever. Um, And after Nancy introduces herself, um, Brady recognizes her as Carson's daughter. um, Because apparently Carson like sends like Christmas updates of like the cases that Nancy has solved that year. So precious. So cute. And it's at this point that Nancy has to break to Brady that his room has been trashed. Um, both Brady and Joe seem shocked, but Brady kind of sighs and says that it must have had something to do with his tweet this morning. Um, he thought he was giving the hotel good publicity because he, he tweeted, Just checked into the amazing Towering Heights resorts, but he also tweeted a picture of himself that like clearly shows his room number. So someone must have seen his tweet, found his hotel room, and gone and trashed it. Which is just—I don't understand. How can you exist on the internet and and just just proudly proclaim your location
1: as like a That's, a somewhat yeah. celebrity? Right. Are you an idiot? <laughs> Not even as a as normal person. No. What? Especially if you have a following. And... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't
0: imagine. Mm, anyway, um, so he asks them, "Did you see a little black book while you were upstairs?" And Nancy says, uh, "No, she didn't." So they, he freaks out at this comment, and they all race upstairs. And the elevator. Nancy asks him, "Okay, what? What is? What about this black book? What is so important about this black book?" And he has like this flash of anger towards Nancy that causes Nancy to like physically step back from him. Um, and he tells her that it's all his material is in that black book. It's his whole life. Okay. All right. What an ass. All right. (laughs) Um, the elevator is like taking too long. So they get out on a floor and start taking the stairs. But as they're like running down the hallway, something on a bulletin board catches Nancy's eye. Um, it's a poster for Brady's show and someone on it has scrawled boycott. And the letters R H V R A. Nancy assumes that the R H stands for River Heights, um, and takes the poster. Uh, if someone is mad enough to write this on a poster, could they have been mad enough to trash Brady's room? That's her, um, her thought. Right. So once Ned and Nancy catch back up to Brady and Joe, who had raced ahead to his room, they find Brady sitting dejectedly on his bed. Nancy asks, "Hey, is the book missing?" Brady says, no, it's worse. It's been destroyed. And he points to a bunch of little scraps of paper. Someone has apparently like meticulously torn up this black book. Wow. So Ned trying to be helpful asks Brady, Hey, do you remember any of your material that was in there? Um, Um, but that causes Brady to go on like this tirade about how comedy is about perfection and how, how hard it is and that audiences want to see you fail and that this is the end of his career. Basically just being like a super big asshole about this whole thing while Ned's just trying to help him. He's like, he takes this an opportunity to talk about himself.
1: Um... I don't feel like any of that is true, what Brady was talking about. It's about perfection. They want to see me fail. Says who? Like did they tell you they want to see you fail, or are you just I mean it's just like Like,
0: classic like narcissistic behavior mm -hmm. of being like, I, you know uh, you know, I'm up against the world, I'm so important, blah, blah, blah 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 blah. Like, you know, just making yourself the star of the show, which I guess, like, as a performer, like, that's part of the archetype, but it just is, like, just like, you're just, it's like, this much. conceited asshole white man who, like, you know, basically asks people to, like, perpetrate violence against women in your audience. It's just, like, very yeah, gross to me. Um, anyway, so Nancy kind of t- tries to tell him that she thinks she found a clue in, like, the flyer that she found in the hallway, um, but Brady interrupts her and says, it doesn't matter, he knows who did it. Um it's the same people who've been harassing him about his response to the heckler. They've apparently basically already swatted him, like faked nine one one calls coming from his home address. Um as that's like a name, harassment though,
1: Brady, that's I know who did it. I know. A group, a vague group of people who might <laughs> who be behind something else. Yeah. But they've
0: done this before. Okay.
1: Thanks for your help in solving the mystery. Yeah. So
0: Nancy is like, well, here's the flyer. She shows them the flyer anyway. Um, and Joe who's also standing there, Joe Archer, who's in the room as well. He says that RHVRA stands for river Heights victim victim's rights association. Um, he knows that because they have been trying to get in touch with him constantly to try to get him to cancel Brady's show. Um, but then Joe says that he believes in free speech and would never cancel a show because he didn't agree with what was being said. <sighs> it's just okay. its frustrating. These men are frustrating. But Nancy, our girl, speaks up yeah. and she says... Oh, no, she doesn't say this yet. She thinks that inciting violence at a show is much different than just quote-unquote voicing an opinion, and she doesn't think Brady or Joe is right about this. So thank you, Nancy, for speaking that in your mind to the reader. Really appreciate it. Uh
1: (laughs) And what what opinion was he just... Free speeching all over everywhere. He wasn't. No, that,
0: but this he wasn't. Is, he
1: was just being a jerk. <laughs>
0: but this is the platform that people oh, yeah. who decide to bully other people stand upon, so that they don't receive consequences for their shitty behavior.
1: Exactly. Yeah. 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 Comedy is supposed to offend. No, comedy is supposed to be funny. Right. End of story. That's and you can be funny without being offensive mm-hmm. and hateful and insightful.
0: Well, There's even <laughs> I mean, even being offensive in an attempt to make a joke is different than doing what he's doing in this oh, moment of course, yeah. because i mean like it wasn't if you read what he said which we can we can go back and do that later and you know talk about all the ways that this is not a joke um it's not a joke and um what he does is basically just lash out at someone um and be like well yeah well i wish that you got you know mugged like that's not
1: no <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway anyway um Nancy kind of asked Brady straight up, like, well, why don't you just apologize? Like, the harassment maybe will stop if you tell people that you're sorry for doing what you did. Um, but he says that now that people have been threatening violence towards him online, he's like, these horrible people who have been, you know, harassing me don't get to win. And it's like, dude, how, how is
1: that you're winning? such a fucking hypocrite. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
0: You what? harass someone, and you're winning. Yeah, I can't. Anyway, no, it's anyway, a lot. um, so Joe says that in, re- in response to this, um, you know, hotel room business, he's gonna have to increase security for the show, um, at his venue, which is the Earth's Complex, which is where Brady's performing. Um, but Brady is somehow like vehemently against this. Like, they he even gets into like Joe's face about it, and they almost get into the- this big argument. This is super weird. I don't get it. Um, It's kind of implied that they maybe have some kind of history and just about butting heads or something. But like, in which we'll learn more about later, but I just don't understand what Brady's deal is here. Like, why would he not want extra security? You think he would, if he felt actually threatened by these people, which he seems to, because he talks about them like a threat. So...
1: Yeah, I wouldn't anyone... the reasoning he gives I don't think he gives it's... one,
0: but I guess because he feels like is it like a manly staturing kind of thing and like I can I don't need the security I am you know I can take care of myself kind of a thing or it's letting them win they'll see that I'm scared <sighs> okay <laughs> okay uh, yeah maybe uh, yeah <laughs> anyway it's just odd um but Nancy intervenes of course because that's what Nancy does and she says that it's okay i can find the culprit um because she doesn't think that the RHVRA who are trying to contact Joe directly Would be, she doesn't see why they would resort to this um, kind of tactic if they were trying to contact Joe to get him to stop the show. Um, But she thinks that she can find who's responsible. And then Joe says, okay, if you can prove that this was the action of only one person and find them um, before uh, like 6 p.m. or something, um, he won't have to get extra security. So this is our mission.
1: oh wonderful Mm -hmm. um brady thanks nancy for taking on his case and she is like sure but let's get one thing straight here i'm not doing this for you (laughs) for the record i i do think that you're in the wrong here i do think that you should apologize but the real reason i'm doing this is so that the opening of the arts complex can go off without any major like publicity issues or anything like that it's just too important to river heights and i'm doing this for the town Let's get that straight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, Nancy realizes they now have five hours until Joe, until Joe's deadline um, that that he's given them. So they start to search Brady's room. Um, They decide to all take a corner of the room and they're going to search it and kind of report back to each other. If they find anything, unfortunately they don't have a lot of luck. Um, They are able to gather up all the ripped up notebook, um, the piece of paper from the ripped up notebook and Ned starts trying to like put them back together he decides that he is basically like a jigsaw puzzle and so no problem right he's really good at jigsaw puzzles and can put this back together Um, I don't know. I just feel like they just needed to get Ned out of the way. Yeah. So she's like, "Let's give him this little project (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) while I do the real sleuthing here."
0: (laughs) They even go so far as to be like, "We do jigsaw puzzles in my family all the time. We do like ten thousand piece ones over Christmas, and they're so hard. I can do this easy."
1: Oh yeah, the it's all blue. (laughs) We do ones that are solid color with no outlines. (laughs) Okay, Ned. Sure. Well, have fun with that. You and Brady work on your puzzle and Nancy's going to do the real sleuthing here. Um, But so she's, she's looking through everything. They don't find anything and something reminds her to look under the bed because no one had checked under the bed yet. Um, So she does and she finds a, like a blazer button, like a fancy gold button with an embossed anchor on it. Very unique item here. So Mm -hmm. she decides this may or may not be a clue Brady says it does not belong to him, so she pockets it, um, and they decide that they're going to go investigate the RHVRA while Ned and Brady stay in the room to work on their jigsaw puzzle. Uh, Okay, so Nancy calls Bess and George, who tell her that they will meet her at Joe's office, where the RHVRA is sitting in, um, and they'll try to talk to some of the people there. Um, But as she's heading out of the hotel room and into the elevator, she sees a maid um, and she gets an idea that she's going to try to ask about this button. And she tries to say, oh, you know, somebody, um, I just checked into this room with my dad and somebody left this button on the floor. You know, maybe you could help me figure out who was in this room last and I could try to return it to them. And um, the maid is like acting really weird about this and almost gets irritated with Nancy, and it's just like, stop trying to scam me into a free room. I know about this. I know about people like y'all. You'll try to, like, scam for free rooms all the time by saying the room wasn't clean enough or something. I, you know, I clean the rooms on this floor myself, so I know that button was not there. Um, And also... Also, the maid reveals that this room or this hallway was just renovated, like just, just completed the renovation. So the guests that are staying in these rooms right now are the first people to stay there since the renovation. Um, So it's just it's not possible that it could be, you know, just whoever had happened to stay in the room before Brady left Mm -hmm. it on the floor. Whoever broke into the room left this button. We can we can pretty surely determine here. Uh, okay, so small success there. Nancy heads over to the arts building to meet Bess and George. Um, she notes that it's this beautiful, modern building, brand new construction and everything looks gorgeous. Um, so they go in and they decide to mingle amongst the protesters and keep an eye out. Um, Bess, with all of her fashion knowledge, has been put on um, put on the duty of looking for someone who might wear preppy enough clothes to have that kind of like nautical style that might call for an anchor you know, in your outfit. Yeah. So Bess is looking for that, and they decide that they are going to pretend that they are producers for Ned Talks, trying to get, um, like, they are they say that they're interviewing Brady, but they're also trying to get, like, the other side of the story. So they're there to ask protesters about their opinions on things, so they um, have this premise that they're doing like a preliminary interview just to mm-hmm. see what the, the kind of um, consensus is right now, and who might be a good person to interview from this group. So they they get to this sit-in and one of the people there asks like, hey, are you guys from Erica Vega's class? And they're like, uh, no, what class? We found out about this online and they're like, oh, Erica Vega is this professor that does this politics of arts class and she is just um, you know, she's amazing. She's this wonderful professor who knows so much about this. Um, And she's actually the one that suggested this sit-in because this is so relevant to what's going on in this class. All right, cool. Um we also hear the sound of a typewriter through the door in Joe's office. Um and Nancy remembers uh from something that Carson had told her, right, that he can't get used to normal com- <laughs> or, like can't get used to modern day computer keyboards cuz he's just he dislikes technology so much and dislikes learning new things about technology. Um yeah, this, this book was published so in 2019.
0: <laughs> so bizarre. I'm sorry, what person? In
1: 2019, can't use a keyboard. So he can't. So he uses a a typewriter in 2019. This man
0: worked in San Francisco at a fancy arts thing. He used a typewriter there. You're telling me the people there didn't send
1: emails? How did he get this job? I get that maybe he's just really pretentious and thinks that it's better for sure. writing or something, but you would also know how to use a keyboard in addition too. it's not like he's just like, yeah. I can't do it. The keys are too quiet when I push them.
0: How does he communicate? I just don't understand. Like yeah. you're sitting in your office. What are you typing? What are you typing on your typewriter that's related to your job? Anything <laughs> that you have to write, like that goes out to people is either going to be digitally communicated or you're going right. to print it out and it's going to be some kind of like flyer or so, But even you wouldn't be doing that as the director of this arts complex. What are you It's typing? weird, right? What this are you typing? It's really weird. <laughs> I for sure thought this was going to come back in a way of like, the why on this page is typed so strangely. Who could have done it? We must find the typewriter and compare if it only. like they do in the original. K-10. <laughs> K-10. Yeah. But no, it's yeah. just a weird quirk that he has. No, nope, just... What the heck? I also for sure thought that this was... This must have been like something, some kind of reference to him being like Jim Archer from Old Clock. Oh, okay. But I couldn't understand why. Yeah, (laughs) I was just like, "What is going on with this?" Anyway, sorry, sorry to interrupt.
1: No, it's just it's very strange, but. It's also kind of funny because he's got this secretary that's kind of out in the hallway, and the protesters are like, "So when can we meet with them?" And she's like, "Sorry, he's not in." And you just hear in the background like, <laughs> "Ding, ding, <laughs> ding."
0: <laughs> also, okay. This poor freaking secretary! I bet you 100% what he's doing is he's typing emails in there on his typewriter, and then he sends them to his secretary to send for him. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine! Oh my gosh! Probably. That's hilarious. Men. Jesus. (laughs) Amazing.
1: (gasps) It's
0: just so laughable. It's just so funny.
1: It's amazing. It's amazing. (gasps) Well, okay, so... (laughs) um so they're in the the like i guess lobby area of his office and they Mm -hmm. they're in this room with the protesters and they announce nancy best of george announced like okay we're gonna start um you know like prepping for these interviews um so you know you know make yourself orderly so we can come talk to everybody so nancy talks to two women named jennifer and corinne who say that they are exercising their right to free speech just like brady um and they don't think that someone who asks a crowd of 200 people to mug a woman in the parking lot should you know, get to benefit from that type of career and be paid to continue to tell these types of jokes or jokes if you can call them that. Fair. Yeah, very fair. (laughs) Corinne also tells us that she was mugged a couple months ago actually and that's why she feels so strongly about this because she's like, you know, I've been through this. I know how horrible it is. It's not something to make light of and it's really wrong that he's doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, again, Joe has been ignoring the protesters and refuses to meet with them and Nancy um, Nancy's when talking to these women, she's like, you know, the show is at seven o'clock tonight. What is your plan B if this protest doesn't succeed? Like, what are y'all going to do? And the women just kind of like give each other looks. They just kind of stare at each other. And, you know, it's obvious they want to say something else. And they're like, nope, no plan B. That's, that's it. This is all that we are going to do. This is the (laughs) only thing we have planned. Don't worry. And Nancy's like, all right, sure, whatever. But at this point, a woman who they... They mention her name is Tammy. Comes into the hallway, um, excitedly brandishing these petitions that are clearly part of some larger piece of this plan that they're not talking about. Um, she does happen to be wearing very preppy clothes. Um, in fact, Bess says that you know those those pants that she's wearing could be part of a like a, a suit, like a set, a pantsuit set, um, meaning that. The blazer that this button could be from matches Mm
0: -hmm. those pants
1: that she's wearing. So Nancy and all her subtlety goes up and is like, hey, I love your outfit. And she's like, oh, thanks. And she's like, you know, I've been looking (laughs) for a blazer and I really want a blazer that has gold buttons with anchors on it. Do you know where I could buy something like that? Do you have any specific shops where you know of that sell gold buttons on blazers? How does she
0: solve any mystery? How does she solve a single mystery with subtlety like this? Kari unreal. Unbelievable.
1: (laughs) And Tammy Tammy just gives her this look and is like, um, what? No, I'm busy right now. (laughs) You weird girl. I'm clearly in the middle of something don't come try to ask me where I bought everything I've ever worn like what are you talking about oh my gosh it's awesome that's a great scene I loved it very funny Okay, so since Tammy's arrival, the protesters get really excited and they're all kind of clamored around Tammy now and they're now ignoring Nancy and Bess and George and she tries to like interject with some questions, but it's just it's not getting through at this point. Everyone's too focused on what Tammy's doing, so they decide to leave um also in the building of this art complex they have a bunch of classrooms where they have you know art classes going on and like lecture style classes so they decide that they're going to go down the hall and check out the professor erica vega um, who happens to be teaching like right now um, on the way to the classroom nancy mentions to best that they had seen um, a poster for this old master's exhibit that is going to be shown um, here at the Arts Complex, I think it's already being shown or it's a, like the exhibit is about to start soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're within the collection that they're going to be showing is this painting that rarely ever gets shown called the Zebra Finch. Um, and yeah, I know. Pretty. <laughs> we can't come up with anything original. We just have to rip off. I just don't understand the why of... they
0: just can't call them by the real name. Why can't you be uh, like the Goldfinch is going to be here? It's a. It's an know. art piece. Like you can talk about it, right? It's like I'm confused. Yeah, because clearly in this universe, the old masters exist. So why right. can't you? And you mentioned certain ones by name. I think I think Bess does. So it's just like why you're can't right. you? Yeah, why doesn't she... say the
1: name of the painting that you're actually referencing? I don't know. There must be some reason, and I'm just not aware yeah, of it. But... Maybe, maybe. Well, yeah. So this zebra finch rarely gets seen. Bess actually explains to us that the there's a private owner that, owns this painting, and they rare, rarely ever let it get shown at museums. Um, so the fact that it's going to be in this exhibit has Beth very excited about this. So it's going to be a wonderful show, apparently. Uh, but at this point, we slip back into the class, like into the back of the classroom where e- Erica Vega is teaching, and she is actually just finishing up her class right now. She's giving a speech about why and how people should hold artists accountable through protesting and boycotting um the class ends and one of the students asks like hey are you going to be at the show tonight like at the protest for the show tonight I mean um and Erica's like no I've got other plans tonight but I will be there with you in spirit so you know go ahead and get that protest y'all are doing the right thing um Nancy goes up to her and Bess is actually like hey can I you know do you mind if I take the lead on this one and Nancy's like oh Bess go ahead yeah (laughs) Um, So Bess goes up and is like, Hi, Professor Vega, I'm such a big fan of yours. Um, You know, that article that you wrote recently about the zebra finch was so interesting. I loved it. And Erica's like, Oh, somebody has actually read one of my articles. I never like would expect people to to know that I wrote that. And so she's really impressed. But um, she's she's carrying like a rolling suitcase with her in the classroom. And she's like, I don't have time to talk right now. Cause I'm, I, I have somewhere I have to be. Um, and they're like, Oh, are you going to the airport? And she's like, no, no, no I ha- I have a meeting, but I have to get there. Like right now I have to leave. And Nancy's like, okay, bye. But wait, wait, before you go, we're podcast producers. <laughs> and, uh, we really want to interview one of your students. Do you know of any that would like be good at, at describing what the, the goal is with these protests and everything? And Erica's like, Oh, easy, easy answer. Tammy. She's my best student by far. Um, she would be great. Bye. And she runs away. (laughs) Um, so afterward they meet back up with Ned, who's taking a break from helping Brady with his puzzle or his book. I mean, his jigsaw puzzle. And they all decide (laughs) that they are going to go have a quick lunch break. Um, Ned actually, while helping Brady put back together, put, put the book back together, he got him to like, answer some of the podcast questions anyway so he was just recording the entire time so they actually ended up getting an interview out of him which is good um nancy's like hey you know my house is closest let's go over there she calls hannah ahead of time and there's sandwiches waiting for them when they arrive just oh the God. way they like them this was a really so cute precious. scene it's it like, was very cute. and ned had the crust cr- crust cut off and <laughs> Beth had cheddar instead of swiss he's and a just baby so- yeah sorry <laughs>
0: Man, child. I like the yeah. crust
1: of my sandwiches.
0: Kind of. So I can't.
1: I can't. Oh goodness. <clears throat> but yes, thank you, Hannah, for customizing our sandwich order. Uh, so they start eating, and we learn Carson is also home. Um, he actually has really bad allergies. He says they're allergies. His assistant is insistent his assistant is insistent that he is sick and sent him home for the day and he's like no it's just allergies um but he's he's home now sneezing all over the place and <laughs> he asks hey you know how's it going with Brady and Joe and you know how are my old buddies doing basically and um they have a talk about what Brady did and Carson tells everyone you know i think i think Brady's just sensitive and he was just lashing lashing out because he's sensitive um no, he was he was being a bully. Um, <laughs> so, oh gosh, what is it that he says about this exactly? I can't remember.
0: He, I mean, he does. I mean, like he does say that he's sensitive, but he also like criticizes him and says, that, no, what he did yeah. is not good. Like he shouldn't have responded that way, and that you know, only jokes that punch up, quote unquote, are you know, good ways to use comedy to make a point. So, like, what oh, he was gotcha. doing was yeah, yeah. not. He doesn't condone it, but he was just slightly excusing his
1: behavior (laughs) a little bit and we do have a good like almost teaching moment right with it's a little weird because (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's weird because they're friends sort of or they were friends in college Mm -hmm. and so he gives them a little bit more slack than maybe he could have but it they kind of talk about cancel culture a little bit and how like yeah it's you know it's not okay to be doing this and then nancy's like something about free speech Nancy's like, well, doesn't he have free speech to say anything? It's like, well, that's so the government doesn't arrest you, not so that the I well, didn't realize complex. About that. That, did they? I feel like there was some comment that, like, oh, well, he has free speech, doesn't? he? Well, it's like, well, the private company that owns the art complex <laughs> yeah. has the the right to um, you know cancel your show for being a violence inciting bully, um, and that that wouldn't violate your free speech because it's not it's not violating your rights.
0: Oh, Ned. Of course it comes from Ned. So oh, Ned, Ned says is that the part? one who okay. says, don't you think his job as a stand-up comedian is to push boundaries? And Carson oh, says, yeah. well, tell me what boundary Brady was pushing. And, and then Ned's like,
1: can't come up with anything. He's like, oh,
0: huh. And Bess is the one who says he wasn't pushing any boundary. He was being a bully.
1: Yes. There we go. Yeah, That's Beth. what happened. Hell yeah, yeah. Thank you, Bess. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. And then so they have that little conversation. And then Carson asks, like, you know, hey, was Joe happy to see what was going down with Brady? Like, was he happy about the break in? And Nancy and her friends are like, no, what are you talking about? Why would. Why would he be happy? And Carson's like, oh, well, you know, when we were in college, they were always like feuding at school. Like it was always this big thing between them. Um, There was actually this open mic night thing that they had opened up for like alumni to come to. And it was supposed to be this big event. And Brady and Joe were supposed to do comedy sets at this open mic night. And they get up there and Brady did his show. And then Joe got up there and did an almost identical show. Like, supposedly what happened is is Joe is claiming that Brady stole his jokes, like somehow knew what he was going to, the jokes that he was going to tell beforehand, and My then when, because his set was first, it made it look like Joe stole the jokes, but Joe right. says that it's actually the other way around. Um, yeah, so apparently, like, over 75% of the jokes were exactly the same, and Joe actually got booed off the stage, and... <laughs> Brady was like, "No, it's total coincidence. Like, you know, we're both in college, we're both frat guys, like it makes sense that we would have similar material about don't being it. frat guys in college." Okay, sure. 0%.
0: Yeah. I just I just what I don't understand about this situation though is how in anyone's right mind, you have an open mic night, you're sitting there in the audience, you have your stuff ready to go, You sit there, you watch one of your friends perform 75% of the same material that you have, and you still decide to get up on that stage?
1: I would just leave. Just leave now. Just chop it up,
0: do a badge. You don't get up and do that. You know what I mean? That's insanity. Yeah. Sorry, my voice got so
1: high pitched. No, it's okay. (laughs) Um, But apparently, this was. uh... This is not the only thing Brady did in college. Apparently he once got caught cheating at a track and field event. Like he was in a race and took a shortcut or something and got <laughs> caught. So Yeah, so he was doing this shady stuff, and then obviously it caused a rift between Joe and Brady. Um also at this open mic night, this alumni named Jack Murray, who is this big talent agent, Was there in the audience and he saw Brady perform, thought Brady had amazing potential, and signed him onto his agency. So Brady's career basically started like that night. Um, And then obviously Joe never had the comedy career, even though that's kind of what he wanted. Mm. Yeah. So Carson doesn't think that even, you know, even if Joe had been the, the first one to perform his own jokes, that Joe even would have gotten signed because they kind of asked him that. And Carson's like, no, Brady, actually, he had genuine like star power. He was really good on stage. His timing was all impeccable. He was genuinely very talented at telling these jokes. And Joe was just kind of awkward on stage and his, his timing was never right. He just like the jokes didn't land, even though they were the same jokes. Um, It was actually at this point that Brady dropped out of school to focus on his comedy career, Um, I don't know if I said it earlier, but they were roommates as well. They lived together, (gasps) and they were roommates. Yeah, (laughs) and so for the rest of like after between the time when um, you know that comedy night and then when he actually dropped out of school, like Brady was like sleeping on the couch or something because they were so furious with each other, and it's just like this whole thing. Um, uh, but yeah, so Nancy gets this look in her eye and Carson can like clearly tell what, what she's thinking. Cause he's like, Nancy, no, no, it couldn't have been Joe that did this. It was a long time ago. Don't you dare suspect Joe in this? Cause I can tell you right now, it was definitely not him. Don't even think about it, young lady. And she's like, no dad, that's not, that's not what I was thinking. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So, when Carson was saying all this, he's like, you know, I didn't tell you this so that you would think that he should be a suspect. I just told you, um, cause you know, it might be relevant to you because Joe now probably just thought it was funny that the room mm-hmm. was broken into mm. because of karma or whatever. Not that he did it be, not that he, um, would have enjoyed it because he's, the culprit or whatever if that's all leave it at that um so he leaves to go back to work and Nancy's like okay well guys obviously we're suspecting Joe first right like this is <laughs> <laughs> so funny
0: yeah that so was they're like alright well <laughs> the best scene in the book for me is this moment Nancy, this no. whole conversation with Carson Carson being like Nancy he's not a suspect he leaves and Nancy like okay so he's suspect number one <laughs> excellent too funny um so ned brings up that um joe was with brady while they were eating lunch and when they had found brady's room right when it was trashed so nancy then just kind of like kicks herself because she realizes that this whole time she's been like assuming stuff she's been assuming one that this case was about brady's recent viral video when it could have been about this decades-long grudge um she shouldn't have assumed a motive even though it seemed like you know that that was one And two, they also assumed that his room was broken into and trashed while he was at lunch, but it could have happened any time prior to that, Um, and she neglected to even get a timeline from Brady of that day, so they don't know, like, when a suspect could have been there, right? Um, Bess reassures her, telling her that she has at least three solid suspects and two whole hours to solve the case, so that's plenty of time. Um... (laughs) Um, so they decide to go meet with brady and you know nail down a timeline for that day to try to figure out how to move forward they find him in his hotel room curled up on the middle of his bed crying about how his career is ruined and he's now relying on a teenage detective to save it
1: well you're welcome brady go solve it yourself if you're so distraught at the idea honestly
0: i can't and also it's just it's the lack of decisive action for me that's so frustrating. Yeah. First of all, Ned just spent like, I don't know, an hour or whatever with you trying to reconstruct your little notebook with you. Try to use material from your notebook. Two, if you feel like you can't do it, cancel the freaking show. Cancel the right. show. Like, I'm sorry, don't sit there crying about it. Figure out a, a game plan, dude. I can't with this. And then like, yeah, <laughs> blaming the fact that the reason why his, his, or like, you know, evidence of his life being in shambles is because Nancy's investigating. It's like, you should thank your lucky stars that there is one person in this world willing to help you out in this moment because right. you're acting like a little baby, a little asshole. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. So, <laughs> but this moment is great too because Beth like steps in and gives him like tough love and like tells him to stop crying, go wash your face, come out and talk about this. It's so funny. <laughs> um, and then he does pull himself together based on a teenage girl. Helping him pull himself together. I mean. Mm. Thank you, Bess. Um, the, I mean, honestly, just the, the imagery there is really just like top tier. Yeah. Of like a I grown man crying in the bed. And then a teenage girl coming and being like, you're acting like a child. <laughs> <laughs> Get up and help us. It's just like, I can't. It's just really great. It's just really
1: great. I just really appreciate it. Be ashamed of yourself that you would <laughs> put all that responsibility on a teenage girl, that she should be the one to have to, like, pull you together. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so Nancy asks him about what he did that day. And he tells us that he left his room around 11 and went for a walk. And then he met lunch, met lunch, met Joe for lunch at noon. Um. He didn't have a chance to go back to his room in between. So Annette and Nancy found his room at 1. So that's a two-hour window between 11 and 1 p.m for his room to have been trashed. Nancy asked him about um, the feud with Joe that Carson mentioned. And Brady yells at her saying that was a long time ago. Joe didn't ever steal my jokes. It was a misunderstanding or I didn't ever steal Joe's jokes. It was a misunderstanding. And we met at our fences a few years ago. Anyway, I had a show in San Francisco when we met and bygones basically Nancy, like, okay, <laughs> sorry. Just, <laughs> asking cuz i'm trying to solve the case here dude um and then they decide that the next best course of action is to try to look at the security footage for the lobby to see who was here between 11 and 1 to you know trash's room um this is also a really great scene though i have to say um ned they're all like standing in the hotel room and, and ned asked nancy are you do you want to do a and delay Um, and like Bess and george and nancy they all seem to know exactly what to do and what's going on right here (laughs) and and brady's just kind of like oh what what he's just it's it's iconic get with Um, the program brady so nancy and george go downstairs um george sets herself up right outside the door to the employee only like area um and nancy calls the hotel luckily it's her friend pete who answers um nancy asks him how many security people do you have working right now and he says we only have two we're short staffed right now because of the renovation um and nancy asks him if he'll patch her through to security but when he does making it seem like she's staying in brady's room so that she can pretend like she something's going on from brady's room and he's confused but he agrees and nancy then puts on an excellent performance i have to say um claiming that there has been a stolen diamond ring and yells that the officer is saying i need at least two officers to come to this room right now um to like help me sort this out and then two men leave the employees only door um and nancy and george sneak right into the security office (laughs) um george cues up the security footage and they start scanning it for familiar faces um, they see Brady leave for his walk and then they see Joe arrive and they see Joe go up the elevator to Brady's floor. Hmm. Okay. Well, maybe he's just, you know, going to see if he can meet Brady for lunch. Right. Um, then they also see Tammy arrives and does the same thing. Hmm. Um, Joe comes back down the elevator, but he was up there for 20 minutes, plenty of time to trash the room. And Tammy is still up there. Nancy also notices a specific, Guy, suspicious guy and a baseball cap and sunglasses um, but before they can discover like much else there's like a pounding on the security office door and someone's shouting like hey who locked this door so Nancy and George have to make a break for the window um, and barely escape the security office in time and they have to like hide under the windowsill like back against the windowsill as someone like comes into the room and like looks out to see if anybody's running away out the window. And even like they're like so they stand her there and sweat from the security officer's face drips down onto Nancy.
1: It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: this is very close to the uh mouse moment from Grey Fox Inn. I
1: don't know that oh. I would be able to stay silent. Mm. Mm, No, I don't know. I I don't know which one's worse, honestly.
0: uh, (laughs) I literally uh, have goosebumps because I'm so grossed out right now from that. Yucky. It is a narrow escape, but they managed to get back into the lobby unseen and blend in with other guests. Um, At this point, George's phone goes off um, because she has a a notification set up for whenever he tweets. And Brady has just tweeted that, quote unquote, protesters are trash and deserve retrash like his room was. Okay, great. So this, of course, makes more people angry online um, and, you know, firm in their beliefs that he is, in fact, uh, inciting violence against people. Um, George makes a comment that, hey, maybe Brady is self-sabotaging, like, on purpose because he's, like, nervous. He has stage fright.
1: Hmm.
0: Very interesting theory, George. Um, And, like, maybe the reason why he's doing this is so that he can get out of, like contracts that he signed with then use, um, without like being at fault. If he can prove that there's like a significant security risk to himself, um, by like, you know, doing this interesting, very interesting. Hmm, that would be clever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get back up to the, the room and George like straight up asks him like, Hey, why would you send that a text? Like, what were you doing? Or that tweet? Why would you tweet that? Um, and Brady is like confused. Like what are you talking about? The only tweet I sent today was like a harmless one advertising the show tonight. Interesting. So George looks at the tweet again and sees that it's actually being sent from a spoof account tricking people into thinking that it's Brady, right? Hold on. Interesting.
1: Okay. If George had a notif- like a notification set up on her phone yeah. so that his account would notify her anytime that he tweeted, why was a fake account so I think, her. I
0: think I might have misspoken. I think what she had was like a Google alert or something or some kind of other kind of alert that mm. of like news about Brady. So like maybe it wasn't a notification from tweeting from his account as it was like
1: interesting, you know.
0: I think that I think that was what it was, but that's plausible.
1: I think I read it that way as well, though. That yeah. it was I set up a, a like yeah. a notification that if his mm-hmm. account tweets, that it will because that's me a what notice. normal people would do, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, George well. is supposed
0: to be like a techie person or what? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that makes sense, but I, I read it as it being the other way too, though. Mm-hmm. So I don't. That's eh, kind of weird.
0: Yeah. Um. So this is interesting, um, because it seems like the person who tweeted that knew about Brady's room being trashed. Um, So like, is the person who is running the spoof count is that the person who trashed Brady's room, right? That's what we're thinking at this point. Um, Brady says, hey, well, this rules out Joe, because Joe doesn't know anything about technology. Remember, like the typewriter situation. So he definitely doesn't even know what Twitter is.
1: (laughs) Awesome. that's his alibi all of that just for this sort of alibi
0: oh this is insane to me i can't i don't know Eh, whatever so nancy now thinks well for sure since we've ruled out joe we know it's tammy it's gotta be tammy right she's the only other person in the security footage that we saw this kills me this kills me i okay We have to talk about this later. We'll talk about this later. Because I just... This makes me so frustrated. Yeah. Um, So now that they quote-unquote know that it's Tammy, they just have to prove it. So they decide to go back to Joe's office because it seems like that's where Tammy is. Um, Nancy, Ned, Bess, and George all run over there and they see Tammy in the corner on her phone. Nancy notices that the phone that she happens to have is the same kind as George's phone. She convinces Georgie of Nancy her phone, which apparently george has named her phone chester which i thought that was just hilarious um also like how lucky are you that she just happened to have the same kind of phone as one of y'all that is like beyond belief luck. well i don't know i guess if it's (laughs) but if it has a phone case that looks different like if there's so many things that like i just don't you couldn't hand me someone else's phone even if it even if it had the same case as my phone and I would be like oh yeah that's my phone I would know instantly would this know, is not yeah. mine the button's not missing on the side of it. It doesn't have a scratch in the corner, you know? Yeah, like,
1: that's true. That's true. I know, so there's only so many types of smartphones these days that and it, it. could have, you know, <laughs> she just had an iPhone and George had an iPhone. So, but yeah. you're right. You're right. There would be a lot of distinguishing. Yeah. It's Sorry, 2019. Anyway.
0: It's not like we're, this is 2005 and it's like a Nokia brick. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, um, Nancy accidentally on purpose like knocks into Tammy like knocking her phone to the ground and like causing Bess's purse which she also borrowed to like you know dump everywhere and things go flying all these you know everything's on the ground or whatever it's a little awkward but Nancy is able to switch George's phone for Tammy's phone they do a little switcheroo um so she quickly brings the phone to George who starts to look through it but of course it is not long until Tammy notices that She doesn't have her phone. She has someone else's phone. Um, So she comes over to Nancy to ask for it back, assuming that Nancy accidentally switched it. Nancy, like, stalls, pretending to dig through the purse and tells her that, like, oh, you know, Brady didn't really send that tweet that you all retweeted. Um, Tammy does seem genuine in her surprise and disappointment when Nancy shows her that the account is fake. Um, And then George subtly gives the phone back to Nancy, who pretends to find it in the purse and then gives it gives it back to Tammy. They trade phones again. Um, Once Tammy leaves, George tells her that she didn't see any evidence that Tammy was responsible for the faked Twitter account. Um, And so it's kind of like, oh, bummer. And they kind of leave the office kind of dejectedly. But once they get outside, they are surrounded by people and find that the protest has grown considerably. Um, and at this point, Joe shows up and, like, shouts to Nancy, like, hey, have you found the culprit yet? Nancy tells him no. And, of course, he is kind of, like, upset about this. And he says, oh, Well, I'm going to have to get extra security now just to handle, like, this protest. Um, and also he tells us that they're removing the old masters from the exhibit tonight. So this is very tense. Um there's no way they can delay moving the old masters any later because the owner of the zebra finch is so worried or whatever. And it would be a disaster for the art center. If like this exhibit flopped, right. Or like anything went wrong with this exhibit. So we have an hour left to go, um, before Joe's deadline, I guess. And Nancy is more determined than ever to get to the bottom of things. This is silly to me. Because clearly, like, things have already escalated, and Joe just said he's going to have to get extra security anyway. So I don't understand. We still have this deadline? Um. Also, like, why can't we have extra security? Well, should we not be having that anyway, if you're moving very valuable paintings tonight? And there's a protest. Like, this has nothing to do with Brady anymore, you know what I
1: mean? Like, I don't get was it. Was he threatening to cancel it as well, or was it just extra security no, just extra security it was just that okay it wasn't even
0: a <laughs> like okay. i understand that we have to like you know find some way to raise the stakes and we do that by putting you know our sleuth on a deadline i get it but this is the flimsiest excuse for a deadline that i've ever seen yeah. like the 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 deadline should be brady's show not about a deadline that joe said about extra security The deadline should be Brady's show and it should be coming, the pressure should be coming from Brady about, you know, needing to perform. But also, like, it shouldn't be about the sabotage. You're right. It should be like Joe threatening to cancel the show or something if, but like.
1: No, we don't do any of that. No. We don't do any of that.
0: We don't do any of that. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I don't get it, but okay. Wonderful. Okay. Chapter 10, right? Yes. Let's see here. All right, so we've got this hour deadline to solve this mystery, so what better to do right now than take a break um, and go get some coffee? (laughs) We explained that George works at the nearby coffee cabin, um, and they're closed right now, but she has the key, and they are allowed to go in there and help themselves to coffee as long as they... You know, one, pay for it and two, clean up everything afterwards so it's all good um, and lock up when they leave. So, this is what they decide to do. They go get their coffee, and while they're having their coffee, they decide to kind of analyze the Twitter account, the fake Twitter account that had been sending the violent stuff pretending to be Brady. (laughs) George mentioned something about trying reverse social engineering. So, they should try to reverse social engineer who owns the Twitter feed by reading the tweets. We're just literally analyzing them. We're just we're reading just them looking and analyzing. For them. context clues, all we're doing. Right. <laughs> and they like they're like, do you guys know what reverse social engineering <laughs> is? And George like has to explain this whole technical thing and it's like But it's like That's also not relevant. Even, it's also
0: not even really accurate. Like George doesn't explain no, it not. in an accurate way. We should talk about that later too because it's silly. It's goofy.
1: <laughs> it is. They just wanted to be like George is the tech expert. So we're they gonna give her a, a turn where she knows yeah. exactly. So <laughs> So they decide to divvy up all the tweets that have ever been sent by this account and, you know, take turns reading through them. Um, so they, t- they do this and they realize that um, whoever has this account tweets a lot about art and they mentioned a flooding situation that had happened in River Heights last April. So we can deduce one, they live in River Heights and two, they like art. Great. Good job, everybody. Go team. Finally, we are getting to the real meat and potatoes of this mystery. Also, though,
0: like, can we just talk about the fact that, like, when someone sets up a spoof account, they're or they they're using their own account, like their existing Twitter account, and they change their name. They don't they don't just set up a new Twitter account. You would think. Who doesn't set up a new Twitter account?
1: I don't know if you're doing something <laughs> nefarious. You know what I mean, right? You would think this account would have been created like the day of the heckling right. incident. Yeah.
0: Or, like, maybe it's been, like, trying to do that for a while, and so maybe there's, like, a few fake Brady tweets, but, like, it's their own Twitter account. That's wild. What an idiot.
1: So, I guess it's very convenient for Nancy, though, because it helps them figure out, um, uh, well, not figure it out, but guess the identity of this Twitter uh, account holder. So, Nancy's like, oh, Art, maybe we should go talk to Erica Vega again. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) All right, so they rush back over to the Art Center. Um, On the way over there, though, Nancy now wonders if maybe, maybe it's possible that Brady wasn't the center of all this anyway. Like, his heckling and bullying wasn't the real motive behind this. Maybe this is actually about the Art Center, and maybe there's this, like, massive multi-million dollar art installation that's (laughs) about to We haven't gotten there yet.
0: It's not quite, Nancy's not quite thinking about that yet. She's not thinking thinking about about it yet,
1: but But she's like, oh, it could be about the Art Center. Hmm, Maybe what the Art Center has going on is a lot more of a lucrative (laughs) situation than Brady's one time show in this building. (laughs) Uh, Or maybe someone is jealous that Joe got the job for the director of the Art Center position and wants to sabotage him. All right. Okay. Also a valid theory. Um, So because the front of the building is still so clogged with protesters, they decide to go around the back and there's a van out back, um, kind of in the loading dock area. And they're like, oh, I wonder if those are, um, you know, if the van's there waiting to unload the the paintings for the old master's exhibit. Very possible. So Mm -hmm. they go inside, they go through the back door and they realize the back door is unlocked. Strange. Maybe they're just lucky. (laughs) They just had perfect timing. Who knows? Um, But they walk in and they see that um, the baseball cap guy from the hotel security footage that we'd we'd noticed earlier—he's walking around and he's wearing a blazer with gold buttons. And Nancy's like, "Oh, could there be anchors on those buttons?" So she runs and flags him down, (laughs) and she sees that there's a button missing from his blazer. And she's like, "Oh, hey, there's a button missing from your blazer." And he's like, (laughs) Okay. Um, <laughs> and he's he's like so what? And she's like, Well I was just wondering if maybe maybe you dropped it somewhere, like maybe this is your missing button and like pulls it out of her pocket and shows him. <laughs> so he takes off running, and Nancy of course oh. starts running after him, and then Ned is like right behind her shouting out to her so it's this whole thing and this chase scene leads downstairs into what appears to be a very full storage area and nancy's confused she's like the art center has only been open like a month or so now like it, this is so recent like what could be in storage here like why is there just so much stuff everywhere there's no way they could have already accumulated this much storage stuff in the time since they've been opened so, okay, weird, but Nancy suddenly hears a noise behind her, and then before she can, like, turn around to look, something hits her in the back of the head, and she blacks out. Oh, of course she does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is also kind of disappointing, because we don't get the, you know resolution that we were hoping for but she wakes up and ned is kind of standing over her and she's looking at him and he's like don't worry we caught the guy after you were knocked out he's actually um right over there and we (laughs) (laughs) panda bess and george guarding this man tied to a chair (laughs) it's funny um and then nancy wakes up and he says that he's the one they've been looking for and he seems like not eager, but he's, like, too willing to, like, admit to everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, So he seems to know that they're investigating Brady's harassment situation, and he hands George his phone and tells her, um, you know, look, on my phone, there's proof right there. You can see the Twitter account is logged in and see the whole Twitter thread there. Um, he says his name is Lewis Flynn and that his sister was actually mugged and had ended up in the hospital, pre- like, recently, and he's, of course, furious with what Brady has said. Uh, because it resonates so closely with him, and then Nancy's like, um, "Did you destroy the the notebook? Um, was that you in the in the hotel room?" And he just shrugs and is like, um, "I don't remember, but like if it was in the room, then probably I tore it up because I was just like destroying so many things. I don't remember." And Nancy's like, "Well, that's kind of weird because like to sit there and like individually tear up pages of of." mini Mm -hmm. mini page notebook it would take you some time you would know that you're doing it it would be intentional um but she just she's like well i mean that is kind of weird but we have a confession we have proof we've got we've got our culprit here tied up so mystery solved right um so Ned calls Joe to uh, to come down and he's very happy and he's impressed with Nancy um but he's shocked to find out that it's Lewis. Um Lewis is actually a painting instructor at the art center and he had like previously stopped working or his art had stopped selling and so he'd been looking for a job for a while and um he was very happy to get a job at the art center and so he was just kind of like, "Oh, I'm really surprised that it's you that would do this." Um, But the police come and arrest him and cart him away. And Bess is like, all right, Nancy, time to go to the hospital. And Nancy's (laughs) like, "Uh, no, I'll just take it out We're going to go watch Brady's show tonight, obviously. Uh, But she still just has this feeling that somehow, some way this isn't over yet. She just feels like that was too easy. I don't know. Uh, but they get upstairs, they get to their seats, and the show starts. And in a shocking turn of events, right away, Brady comes out and he apologizes. Um, mm-hmm. He says, you know, it took it took all this drama and all the protests and everything for me to realize that what I said was a mistake. But it was, and I'm really sorry. Um, and then he starts, you know, getting into his jokes and starts his set and everything. And everything seems to be going well, even though he doesn't have his his trusty notebook anymore. But then the fire alarms go off. And everyone has to evacuate. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they're outside and Nancy can tell that Joe is disappointed. She turns to her friend, she turns to her friends and it's just like, guys, I I just don't buy it. I don't think Lewis did this. Um, And then George looks up this Lewis guy on the internet and apparently he's this well-known painter and he did a, a series on having been an only child And so, obviously, he's lying about his sister being mugged if he's, like, (laughs) famously an only child. I don't know. That's (laughs) very convenient. But suddenly, Nancy starts to connect all the dots and realizes all of this has been a distraction. Everything from the Brady incident to the protests, it has all been a distraction. Um, She remembers seeing the van outside, and they speculated that this was the van holding all the paintings for the exhibit and Joe saying something about, Oh, we're going to have to pull the security from the painting delivery to help with the protest crowd control situation. And so she realizes obviously someone is trying to steal these paintings and use the Brady chaos to, um, you know, distract everyone. So they rush around back and find that the back door to the art complex is open again. And we see that the zebra French is indeed missing. Mm. Um, so they split up, and Ned and Nancy follow. Um, like there's like tracks on the ground from like wheeled suitcase tracks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they follow the tracks, and they find Erica Vega <laughs> is like already hanging. Isn't it the same open window that Nancy had had to jump out of earlier, or is it? I don't know. No, that was at the hotel. Oh, right, right, right. okay. So there, she's just like. <laughs> halfway hanging out yeah. of an open window like she'd made it like halfway legs out in the her air legs were just dangling like... yeah <laughs> um, so they you know they catch her the police open the door and yell everyone to freeze and this gives erica time to get out of the window like she's able to get away now and nancy's like no you got the wrong people like you got to go get erica it's not us um and the cops are like oh yes ma'am nancy drew whatever <laughs> you say um and they take her word for it and they run after erica finally they catch up to her in the parking lot and they do detain her um and they find the zebra finch in her suitcase safe and sound all right well Joe is completely stunned at this development and asks Erica, you know, why would you do this? And she's like, I have student loans, you know.
0: (laughs) This is the motive, everyone. This is the motive.
1: I never thought that even with my advanced degree, I would have to teach at a community art class (laughs) in river heights of all places. And also Brady truly is awful. So he, you know, he kind of does deserve this. So...
0: (laughs) Okay,
1: (laughs) then it's Joe's turn to confess here. He admits that actually, okay, so he was supposed to meet Brady for lunch and Brady had gone for the walk right before lunch. And then when he comes back, it's immediately time to go to lunch. Well, Joe had actually gone to the hotel while Brady was out on his walk intending to meet up with him for lunch and finds that he's not in his hotel room. And he, you know, he notices, hey, this room has already been trashed, but he doesn't say anything or like do anything about it. So he'd already known at lunch that the room was trashed, but he thought that this was just karma getting back at Brady. And so he's like, that guy got he would, go, got what he deserved and then just left it. Okay. Um, sure. So this, this is a plot hole. Yeah.
0: Did you notice that this is yeah. a plot hole? Isn't okay. this weird? Well, because if... Yeah, but keep going and we'll talk about it later because, yeah,
1: Yeah, because you're about to say, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay, so Nancy is um, getting ready to go home and Ned brings up her injured head and Carson tells her, like, he brings it up in front of Carson and Carson, who has now shown up to the event, is like, all right, we're going to go to the urgent care right this minute because clearly you're concussed, let's go um so the next day we learn that nancy actually did not have a concussion she's been checked out by the doctor she's totally fine now um she and ned go to see brady off he's gonna head to his next show in the next town so they're just gonna go say goodbye um so they're talking to him and tammy walks up she comes up and apologizes because she says that she's the one who destroyed his notebook with all his jokes in it Um, so apparently she also went up to his room while he was gone, found the door open, and then saw that the notebook was just like sitting there. Um, and she realized what it was. And so it just kind of, you know, made her furious and that's when she destroyed it. Mm -hmm. Um, and Brady says, actually, you know what? Thank you. Um, you know what? You were actually right. The notes were harmful. They were destructive. And I'm glad that now that, um, you know that this happened i'm kind of forced to write new material and i'm gonna have this like reinvention of myself as a comedian okay and I'm, ready. Gonna be, I'm gonna be good from now on i promise and then they shake hands and then brady leaves uh, and then ned and nancy decide that they are gonna go edit his podcast episode before you know the excitement around brady's stuff dies down so they can get excitement out of posting it or whatever and so they're gonna post it and that's pretty much it they leave to go do that the end <sighs> She's Louise. Okay, so
0: so pothole. <laughs> yes. So who who trashed the room? I know we're supposed to think that it is um baseball Lewis. cap guy Lewis. But they didn't see him until after Joe and Tammy went upstairs. Let me Maybe just it'll... go back to make sure because but like I what chapter did they look at the video footage? Hmm. Seven. Seven, seven. So they're watching the footage. For the most part, it was just footage of people walking to or from the reception desk or the elevators. There's Joe, I said, pointing at the upper right corner. Slow it down. George slows it down. He's heading towards the elevators. They talk about how it's weird. They see what floor he goes to um they check to see how long he stays up there and then george says wait there's tammy um and she's heading toward the elevators too who's that i asked george pointing to a man who had entered behind tammy he was wearing a suit with a plain black baseball cap and i thought I could make out the edge of, edge of sunglasses underneath the bill so he comes in after tammy almost with tammy it sounds like that's maybe weird. But, like, they only have time to see him come in, and then they have to to leave because security comes in. Hmm. Yeah, so, so I'm sure it's just a coincidence. George says, look, there's Joe getting out of the elevator. So they see them come in. They see Tammy. They see Joe go upstairs. Then they see Tammy come in, and they see baseball cap guy come in. Then they see Tammy go up the elevator. Then they see Joe coming down the elevator. And then... George says, and Tammy's still up there. My eye, this is Nancy saying, my eye drifted back to the man in the baseball cap, but before I could watch him any further, my phone butts. So they don't even see him go upstairs. He comes in after
1: Tammy and he doesn't go upstairs. Interesting. So why? Who Unless did it, was it? it? Erica that trashed the room. Prior to anyone else arriving, which it would but almost have to be. But then why is he there at all? From, they were watching the video
0: footage from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's the time. that's They saw Brady
1: leave. Oh.
0: So who did it? Because they would have recognized Erica. At that point, they'd already met her. Right.
1: Interesting.
0: But yet they're saying that both Joe and Tammy, when they went up there, saw that his room was trashed already.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So unless he like somehow
0: Unless he yeah, I don't unless he came in the before lobby. they didn't notice him come in before and then he comes back.
1: Right. After, why would he come back?
0: Why would he come back?
1: He wouldn't. Plot yeah, up. you're right. You're right. Flat flat hole. Big <laughs> <flat> <laughs> hole.
0: Editing snap through. Oh well. Also, okay. Can I just say too that all of this could have been solved and avoided by the Art center having adequate security from the get-go, right, <laughs> like this had nothing to do with Brady. This had nothing to do with the room sabotage. They are just trying to wait but why would they even yeah. okay, this is my question too. Why would they even trash Brady's room? What does that have to do with with art center security? Because
1: surely, like, if he you was scared think,
0: enough, then they would get more security, which is what you don't want,
1: right. Or that he would just cancel the show. Who trashed Brady's room? What if he had I been scared and been like, yeah, Joe, let's cancel it. And then they canceled it. And then all the security is now devoted to the art show. And now mm-hmm. that's the opposite of what you want. Right. And also, what was the what was the idea behind using Brady at all? Obviously, the goal here was to, to get the security focused on something else so that they uh-huh. could have the opportunity to steal this art. Sure. But how did they... Plan this out so far in advance that they knew Brady would act ridiculous at a previous show, and then that would so happen well, to be the show right before the show where he's going to be here.
0: That I'm relies guessing, on a
1: lot happening. I'm
0: guessing that was just Kismet, but okay, it does seem really convenient, and I mean definitely. This uh, Professor Vega and this Lewis guy don't seem exactly like they're professional art thieves, if you know what I mean. Sure. Um, It definitely seems like a bit of a crime of opportunity. but um, Maybe
1: this was all planned after all the drama started.
0: Yeah, it must have been. But it does just seem like really ridiculous. Like just vaguely ridiculous. Like why would you even think of this? Like you have student loans and so you're going to (laughs) steal... The goldfinch, or the zebrafinch? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, art professor. How is an art professor, as someone who went to art school, be like, I'm going to steal a painting. I'm going to steal one of the most famous paintings in the world to pay back my student loans? You would never. First of all, because as a professor, you would understand how impossible it would be to fence that kind of object. Right. Like what are you do you have criminal contacts? Do you know right. who who are to you go selling to, this to? To sell this like fabulously so famous painting? Like you have to have a buyer.
1: You have to How have are you a to explain the money too. All of a sudden you can just afford to pay off your student loans and you don't think the IRS is going to blink twice at that? Like as soon as Interpol comes over and starts looking at people's finances (laughs) for people who
0: work in this building, because you know that is the very first thing they're going to do. They're going to say, hmm, Professor Alexa Vega just had, I don't know, $20 million
1: deposited into her account. (laughs) Probably her. Or or even just like, she immediately paid off her student loans as soon as this extremely important thing went missing. Okay. Not suspicious at all. That's of course what they're going to (laughs) do. <laughs> okay.
0: Oh, I just yeah. I it's tenuous. It's tenuous. I'm liking it less the more we <laughs> talk too. about the Me plot too. Holes. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I I still think it had better moments in in now that I'm remembering, particularly the scene with Carson and they're all at home and Hannah's made them sandwiches. That's a really good scene. Yeah. I think. Highlights a lot of their personalities with like Carson being, you know, daddy Carson and giving us all a lesson. And he even like talks about how, like, when Brady drops out of like school to go do his comedy career, and he says, which none of you will ever do, you will all get degrees. (laughs) And they're all like, yes, sir, you know, and you will um, go to school
1: and you will stay there. (laughs) And
0: Ned makes some like, you know, crappy, like, crack question or whatever that Carson just absolutely shoots to the ground. It's just like, like, and then Bess you know is the heart of the group and says no he's just being a bully it's
1: just it's yes. just excellent this is we an get some scene. great Carson moments great yeah. Bess moments in this even some good George moments which was yeah. nice so George was on it
0: George was on the case you know what I mean I definitely and coming like that up with like really great like theories of motive as well as like yeah the only one really driving the plot as far as like being able to look at security footage going through the Twitter feed, getting on um, what's her name's Tammy's phone. Like, yeah. George is the only one like actually getting the clues here. Um, so, yeah, George really, you know, earned it here. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 overall, it's like the plot is just not doesn't make much sense. Right. Yeah, but
1: that's that's a shame.
0: It also has one of my like absolutely least favorite like what seems to be I guess for lack of a better word just like tropes, but tropes of this very particular series of the um, Nancy Drew diary series, which is where they make Nancy an idiot.
1: Oh yeah, they turn
0: her into such a stupid person, and it irritates the fire out of me how like literally we she just talks about like they're at um, home and she talks about how oh she like you know smacks herself in the head because she's been assuming all this stuff about the case she assumed the motive you know she didn't even think to look at like a timeline of events for the day or whatever but then she just like literally just forgets about that and is like yeah. well if it's not joe it must be tammy it could literally be anybody else Nancy. Yeah. it could literally be any other person that exists that you just don't know about like there could right. be a thousand other motives that you're not aware of what do you mean it has to be tammy are you like it's just such i just i know nancy is single-minded but this goes past the point of single-mindedness to like stupidity in just my yeah. opinion i just don't i just don't i don't buy it
1: i don't Definitely like it. The, the worst carryover from the girl detective series yeah, that they yeah. kept for whatever reason that and yeah. her being oh, I'm so clumsy that i would Fall and get a concussion, but not a concussion because I'm fine because I'm Nancy drew mhm,
0: yeah, yeah, and I, I like I do I understand that it's supposed to be a kid's book, right, and so like to a certain extent we have to really kind of like try to simplify it um so that maybe like you know kids can can follow along more easily, but it's just it just is, it, it, i think I think what that does is I think that it it I think it's an unnecessary dumbing down and it underestimates the intelligence of a lot of kids, I think, if we can't put the same kind of complexity in these books that we would um, expect. And like a lot of the point of like books like this is to kind of teach in a way to teach kids how to like logic and, and read these kinds of books and situations. And if you have Nancy set up to like just discount stuff I think you 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 lose out on such an opportunity for Nance to explain on you know why it could be anyone
1: <laughs> absolutely you know yeah. I just yeah uh, it's my pet peeve it's pet peeve yeah. doesn't make it as enjoyable
0: definitely no
1: no yeah. no well
0: okay I want to talk about the social engineering aspect because that oh, was yes. so yes. funny to me okay So this is George's explanation of social engineering. Have you heard of social engineering? None of us have. So she says, well, social engineering is when instead of using computer programs to hack into someone's account, people use their knowledge about that person to guess their password. That is not the definition of social engineering.
1: No, it's not.
0: Social engineering is when you treat people like machines, right? And you understand that people in general, like as a society, will act in a certain way. And it's hacking the system of like... Right social interaction. So you're expecting like people. So like when you go into a workplace or something and you're trying to use social engineering to get in there and do something nefarious, you are using social engineering to try to make people trust you to let you in. Right. It's not, it has nothing to do with you, with hacking into people's passwords right like i just like what a i
1: mean it simplified... could be used to like get into someone's progress but that's not that's not that's... the main point here no no um it's, it's making predictions about behaviors rather than like the computer will process it this way it's these people will act the, these ways because that's what uh-huh. we expect them to do
0: yeah yeah and then she says that well a famous example is a few years ago when a man in florida broke into the email accounts of a lot of celebrities but he wasn't a computer programmer or anything could just say hacker but okay he was just a really big fan he read everything he could about the various famous people and learned everything he could what street they grew up on their pets names and so forth and used that to guess their passwords um he tried to argue that he hadn't done anything wrong he claimed what he did wasn't actually hacking since he'd used only public information
1: Um, okay that's not the same thing that's not social engineering
0: (laughs) that's just good guesswork um and also, and then and then why do you have to use that to talk about, like, looking through this Twitter feed? Like, it, you could cut out an entire page from this book yeah. of just that, just George's explanation of that. And it's just like, one, it's the incorrect explanation. And two, that's also not what you're doing. You're not doing that of what that guy, but you were talking about with that guy. And you're not doing social engineering. <laughs> so what is this whole explanation
1: for? Just to make George sounds like a text the techs, tech, tech expert. But I feel a like she, she would sound more
0: like a tech expert if she just went, "Oh, well, it kind of sounds like social engineering," and we could just leave it at that. We don't have to yeah. explain it. We don't have to talk about it. We don't have to come up with this weird story that did not happen. You know what I mean? Or she could just be like, "Guys,
1: let's read the tweets and see let's... if there's any like themes here or like anything that jumps out at us." And that's all it was. That's all I they did. Like...
0: I feel like George did not need this moment. George had plenty of really great moments throughout this yeah. book. And I feel like this moment should have come from Nancy and should have had nothing to do with social engineering. Absolutely. <laughs> just been like, what have we not done? What, how can we learn? I know. Let's look through the Twitter feed. Right. That's very much a Nancy Drew kind of solution. I feel like. And it just felt like Nancy was too dumb and she didn't, should not have anything. Uh, right. Uh,
1: what? No. Oh, wow. Well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Is there anything you want to talk about for this book, Corey? Mm,
1: I've got just a couple little things. Um, one, we learned that uh, when Carson was in college, he had an apparently dynamite Elvis impression. Oh, yeah. That he liked to do. <laughs> and apparently would do it all the time and still <laughs> believes himself to be a spot on impression. Love it. So Love funny. Love that one. Um, let's see here. Oh, um, a little bit more uh, hints to the Ned-Nancy timeline. N- at the very start of the book, Nancy explains that she and Ned have known each other since they were little yes. and have been dating for a few years now.
0: Mm-hmm. So we also learn that Ned, I mean, we've known this kind of through other books, but Ned um, is home from school. We talk about yes. that. Okay. Yeah. That's good um, and so, yeah like cuz Hannah gives him the cookies to take back with him to school.
1: Yes, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Good point. And then my last thing was just that at some point I made a note wondering whether Brady was actually on cocaine for this entire story <laughs> or not, but I don't I don't remember what exactly prompted that. It's just everything about his you know, personality in this is right. just like this man He's is doing a lot has of drugs.
0: Some some drug problems because the the way that he turns on a dime yeah. Like his emotions change incredibly quickly. Like he's very goes, erratic. Very erratic behavior. He gets very angry very quickly then he he's randomly like sobbing, you know, on a bed alone like yeah, and then he seems to like completely change his personality at the end of the book, but it doesn't feel particular. I mean, to me it didn't feel particularly genuine. It felt kind of right. like well, now I can reinvent myself kind of a thing, which is, which yes. Yeah. It just felt very like, okay, well, that's the, how people kind of justify, you know, these kind of turns, you know what I mean? Right. So it was just, yeah, that's a really great observation, Corey. Like
1: what is he doing? Because he's just, he's flitting from thing to thing so quickly and his, mm-hmm. his energy is weird. So it's
0: weird energy. Mm-hmm. It's weird energy. Yeah. um, And I was kind of attributing that to, um, just like i think the commentary they're trying to make maybe about like male comedians or yeah. um just like you know male stars in general i think um which is yeah. also an interesting thing to talk about but very very astute that you should attribute it to maybe some substance abuse
1: which i mean wouldn't be uncommon in the right. uh, stand-up comedy circle i feel certainly, like certainly so. yeah. yeah that's right i mean it doesn't change any outcome of the story. Yeah. It's just like, like, yeah, this man is acting very interestingly. So hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I did feel like throughout this book, we had very interesting gender dynamics. Yeah. Like
1: yes. The,
0: the whole, they really kind of put, put us in two different camps here. They really have like team boy and team girl. Here. they have like the team men podcaster joe carson ned and they even kind of all like group together and kind of really mm-hmm. like stand up for each other and just have a lot like to do with each other they talk about similar things mm-hmm. like thematically you know and then we very much have like team girl which is like The protesters, mostly women, are there. Mm -hmm. The, you know, female professor. And then we even have Nancy, Bess, and George doing most of the investigating around this and kind of interacting with those protesters. Whereas, you know, Ned, Brady, Joe do not interact with those protesters at all. Um, And so it's very, we're very much in like two split camps. And I thought that that was really interesting. And the way that like Nancy and Bess both interact with even george a little bit interact with brady and they are like Mm -hmm. very like they very much like kind of butt heads like when they interact like brady will get really aggro or whatever and then nancy's just like has to like you know really be really staunch and like defensive and like kind of stand up Mm -hmm. right and bess has to like you know get really like aggro at him kind of when she tries to get him to snap out of his like crying or whatever and george has to like like attack him but like be really firm when she asks about like why would you tweet that you know like Mm -hmm. and so we we really do have these like uh these like butting heads between like our men and our women um and even like with carson and nancy do that with like the whole joe's not a suspect thing joe kind of butts head with, with nancy a little bit with like he feels like He's not getting what he wants from her, you right. know, as far as, like, this investigation thing. So I just found that super interesting. And it, and it does kind of seem like the position that they take is that, like, the men here don't have it together.
1: <laughs> and, and the young teenage and girls young women have
0: to be the ones to pick up the slack. Right. And it's a very Ugh. astute observation, I think, especially when you think about, like, the protesting... Um, Angle And like how, mm-hmm. you know, young women are calling these, you know, older white men comedian, you know, to the mat kind of and being like, hey, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. don't do that. Um, right. And have to kind of stand up for themselves and, and the world and, and be, you know, be the ones to um, hold accountability for right. men. It's interesting yeah interesting mm-hmm. um and not in a bad way i like it i'm here for yeah. it um it's just it's just an interesting dynamic that they put in here that yeah. i thought was notable
1: that's a very good point notable. yeah yeah that's all okay. i got though how about you
0: <laughs> let me see um oh i just thought it was super cute that best um is like in love with art like that feels like a new aspect oh, of yeah. her personality that like we hadn't really explored before um Bess is like I really like into the old masters yeah that's so cool and also into architecture they talk about that too because oh nancy yeah with the new building about, and yeah yeah so Bess is into art and architecture and i thought that that was a really like nice that. yeah kind of compliment to her personality very fitting um, yeah <laughs> but and nancy says it like she's more of a traditionalist Um, Oh, okay. And that she didn't like the building; she didn't like the new modern building. I thought that was funny. Um, Let's see. Oh, Hannah's Hannah's in love with Ned. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) that's a comment that I made. Yeah, Um, maybe a little bit. (laughs) I think Hannah loves Ned more than Nancy loves Ned. Um, Um. um, just because she made the cookies for him, I thought that was just funny. Um let's see george's boss has the same faith in her that nancy's boss has or that nancy that the police have in nancy oh yeah um, they let her use the coffee shop whenever she wants that's funny um yeah i think that's pretty much it yeah yeah so an interesting one a bit of a yeah. complicated one i think overall yeah yeah has some, side has some score? pros, has some cons. Yeah, oh, this is yeah. so hard. No, I I I just don't it's so hard. It's so I hard know. to rank books. I mean, I know I'm not ranking books, but it feels that way when I score other things on the same right. scale. Yeah. Um 2.75. 2.5? 2, okay. 2. 2.5 yeah. or 2.75. I can't
1: decide. That's All right. good I was gonna go a little bit lower, between two and two and a half, maybe. Okay, then let's settle at two and a half, maybe. Two and a half sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's just it's. Uh, I'm trying to compare it to the last one we did, and it's for Christmas, and I'm just like, hey, you're right. It does it's, it's less memorable, but but it's more cohesive. It's, right. So, hmm, but I think I did give both parts of that like a two and a three, or maybe like mm-hmm. a two and a half and a three and a half or something. But
0: yeah, yeah, it's hard yeah very hard because, like I think about it, and like there are things that I really liked about this book. Yeah. There are lots of really funny moments, really cute moments It's in River Heights, which I love. I just didn't like the plot. I didn't like um the I didn't like the 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 fact that, that it centers around like a community because I just don't care. I just <laughs> i a part of the reason why I read the Nancy Drew books and part of the reason why. I read a lot of books in general. It's just for escapism purpose. And I do. I like. I do. And I I like and I appreciate the way that these books stand up and put themselves in a time and place and talk about social issues. Because a lot of the times we don't get that. And it's really disappointing when we don't have that. But sometimes I just. uh,
1: (laughs) You don't want to deal with it right now. That's not what you read in this book.
0: Yeah. But so that's kind of a, I have a bit of a um, love-hate relationship with that. So I feel very, very, um, what's the word? Not ambiguous, but uh, where you either lean one way. (laughs) Ambivalent. Ambivalent. I feel really ambivalent (laughs) about that. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: And again, it was just so forgettable. The plot was, Mm -hmm. at least. I mean, there was some definitely some funny parts. Definitely some parts I appreciated, but it's just we just went over the summary, and I'm still like, what was it? And it's just the room got trashed, and then there was a a painting.
0: I would pay so much, not I wouldn't pay. I would pay zero dollars actually, but I wish so badly that this book was was after was post um, art theft. Like somebody really did seal the zebra finch and then nancy has to go in and investigate the stolen zebra finch that would be great
1: wouldn't that's what the story should have been especially with that cover the title i guess is an appropriate title this time finally we have one that makes sense for the
0: or like it could have even been like maybe we start with the brady stuff but then he immediately performs that night Mm-hmm. you know we, we're not really investigating the sabotage but that maybe that comes into play like afterwards after the zebra finch is stolen while he's performing
1: there we go yes that would have been much better
0: and then brady can be a suspect
1: kind of uh you know that like been good yeah. and not just uh maybe he's doing it to himself suspect yeah he's sabotaging his own show Hmm. okay <laughs> yeah oh oh wow well.
0: oh wow well. oh, well. yeah. <laughs> coulda shoulda woulda yeah they, they need to hire us Corey. i mean really do just i would just like to be a you know a beta reader you know what i mean for some of yeah. these books and be like did you think that maybe we didn't want to read about this <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe we're sick of it
0: yeah yeah oh well oh well on to the next i say well, um speaking
1: of the next yeah
0: what's next cory
1: <laughs> very exciting. Special episode planned for number 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are actually going to do another board games episode. We're going to do a part two of our one from last... Le- what was that? Like episode 25, was it?
0: No way. That would be too convenient. Hold on. Hold on. I'm looking right now. I feel like we did that one about
1: this same time last year because...
0: It was a little sooner. Yeah. let It was see. very cold
1: when we did it. Oh, 20. It was 20. Oh, okay. Episode 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: yeah episode 20.
1: <laughs> okay. So it's we're like doing a, a part back. two of episode yeah. 20. Wow, that's crazy. It feels so yeah. long ago. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so we're going to do a few different board games this time, but we won't tell you specifically which board games. Obviously, they're going to be Nancy Drew related, but uh, different ones than what we did last time. So mm-hmm. hopefully you'll join us for that one, and hopefully it'll be a good one. Yes, I'm very, very excited. Me too. Um, yes. So we'll see you then, regular drews. Yes. And it's extra exciting because we'll get to see each other for this I know, one. So we gotta I get to be in person to play them. Yes. Yay. Yeah. Yes. And we might have some more special guest stars again because we it's may. hard to play yes. board games with just two people. So we're Can't gonna be. have to recruit some friends for this. But <laughs> <laughs> alrighty, regular Drews, We'll see ya. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you like this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at RegularNancyDrew and Twitter at
1: RegularND. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $3 level vote on upcoming episode topics and get exclusive access to our Scoop sesh series. And
0: all patrons receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to
1: all you Regular Drews out there,